0: Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat where we will look back on Argyle's season-ending defeat at Gillingham. Joining me to reflect back on that and look back on the season as a whole are our Argyle experts Chris Errington and Jack Ball. Hi guys. Nice joke, got my name right this week, well done. In, I did indeed, and a very warm welcome to today's special guest, and it is a very warm welcome, we can see you, you're dressed really. Uh, Danny Salmon, hi Danny. Hello. Unbelievable sure. dress code. Well, I Danny,
1: didn't... there's a dress code <laughs> on the podcast, right? I block, not I it today. I've been out on the whole he, industry. He looks half
0: here, surfer, <laughs> half athlete, <laughs> doesn't he, with <laughs> a vest on and... Uh... <laughs> half athlete,
2: I'll tell you.
0: As we say then, guys, Argyle ended their season up at Gillingham, a disappointing 5-2 defeat. Um... I guess really, Chris, they just ran out of steam, didn't they, after a long season?
1: Yeah, I think we saw that at Scunthorpe last Tuesday, which was the must-win game, or or certainly not to lose it. Um, And I think most people would have seen the game either at Glanford Park or on the TV, and they just didn't have it in their legs. Injuries, it just wasn't there. Uh, And it was a bit more of the same against Gillingham, if we're honest. Um, It was quite funny. We turned up and were talking to one of the guys at Reports for Gillingham, and he was saying how dreadful they'd been at home all season and Argyle were bound to beat Gillingham and, uh, and we were saying well we're gonna have a lot of players out and i think we've run out of legs and uh and uh, three one at half time you know Gillingham were well on top four one up he thought this could be any score it, it, that they wanted really finished five two um yeah i'm not going to dwell too much on the performance stuff. i think the manager wanted to either really it was it was one game too far perhaps two games too far at the end of the season you'd have you could have arguably, arguably had a better team out of the players that were unavailable on Saturday at Gillingham than the team that actually played. And that's no disrespect to the people that played, but you know when you take Taylor, Threlkeld, Sarsovik, you know on the names gone Ness on and on, take them out of the team. It, it there just wasn't enough left, and the subs bench was obviously one of the one of the things. You know you had Aaron Taylor Sinclair, Carl Leatherin, and five young lads. You know. um... Alex Battle made his debut towards the end of the game Cameron Saxton made his second appearance at the end of the game it wasn't really an ideal game though to give youngsters a run out because you know Dillingham were at one stage looking like they were going to put a cricket stop or score up and as much as you want to get young players at game time sometimes sticking them into a game which could have ended 5-6-7-1 wouldn't have been ideal so yeah, Jack, yeah. I mean, Jack sent me a
0: text actually before the game and you, you said to me didn't, didn't you look at the bench Yeah, and it was you know I mean like low Loss was on there for example mm. and
3: Well I think If you told us that If we're going into the game You told us Charles we're going to lose And there'll be seven goals At uh, Priestfield You'd have been a bit excited Yeah (laughs) But I don't think anyone Really went there Expecting Argyle to do too much Injuries just have mounted up To the extent Where not many teams Could cope with the amount Of injuries that Argyle have got I think there was Twelve first team players Out of the game Um, And okay Many of them might not Have
1: started But of course A fair few of them Would have been on the bench Over some of the ones That were on the bench So it was Absolutely obliterated by injury, wasn't it? Sunny Bradley played, and I suspect strongly that he wasn't fit. Mm-hmm. There's probably one or two others who were playing with mean, knocks and things. Well, Greg switch. Kerry said after
3: the Rotherham game that hmm. if the team had nothing to play for, then the half of those that were playing wouldn't be playing no, because no, of the no. knocks they'd got. Argyle were just limping over the line, really, and just had to finish the season. And I think, had Argyle somehow managed to win that game five, and they were just saying get in the playoffs. I think we would have been obliterated in the playoffs even further. Just, there was just nothing left. The team could not give any more. Mm. I guess, Dan,
0: you've been in that situation yourself. You get to the end of a long, hard season, and it is a case of patching people up and getting them out there to play, isn't it? Especially when there's something to play for.
2: Yeah, it was very difficult for them. I, th- I think run out of steam may be a little bit uh, unfortunate sort of term to use. I just think it was pivotal, pivotal that when we had those two games cancelled, I think that really w- was the end of it for me. Um, Even if we had everybody fit with playing four games away in the last five, especially the distances we have to travel Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, it becomes very, very difficult. Add to that the injuries and it became virtually impossible. I think that if we had played those two games when we could have played them, um, it may have been a completely different story. We may not have needed to win the last game uh, to get into the playoffs. I, I believe we would have you know, maybe got a result both at Rochdale and at Scumford at that time. But, you know, it was tough. I, I, I just feel for them a little bit. Yes, we ran out of steam, you know, with the amount of injuries like the boys have just said. Um, I just think it, it was just a shame. I just think that, you know, what could have been... I mean, no one knows, don't get me wrong, you know, we might have not won at Watchdale even back then or Scumford, but I think the way we were playing at the time, everybody was fit and healthy. It may have been a different story, but... Once, once we had those games added on to the end of the season, I thought it was going to be very, very difficult.
1: Not just the injuries, but the that they ran out of fuel in the tank, so mm. to speak. You know, there was that that, that travelling was a killer. I mean, me and me and Jack did it, and yeah. you know, we're out on our feet now, Jack, and we haven't even played football, have we? You know, so well, um, in that
3: in the first half of this
1: the hospital yeah. game, he just
3: could barely move. He was, you could just tell there was mm. just nothing there, and it's a shame really because the players would have wanted it. You know, and it's, it's been a long, hard season, and I, I bet. They're quite disappointed that it's ended the way it has,
2: but mm. overall, it's, oh, it's tough enough way. playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. But come to the end of the season, um, you have got a lot of knocks. It's very rare you play without knocks anyway. I mean, there's a player, you know how many times in a season do I play fully, hundred percent fit? Very, very few times. And I think that's the same with the players. Small squad, you can't afford any sort of two, you know, big injuries to two or three of the players because you just haven't got. The squad to, to fill those places up. So um, all in all, it's been a very unfortunate way to end the season. But
1: you know, and, then, all... and then you get back from Rochdale at half past five on a Wednesday yeah. morning, and then the following Tuesday you're coming back from Scunthorpe yeah. and all that it throws your body clock yeah. out of line. It it's what you can do. You it, know, it I mean, you know, there'll be people out there that say they're professional footballers, they're paid well, they should be able to play whenever they're told to play, and there's a little bit of truth in that. But it's, I think it's the physical demands, isn't it? it, you it it's know? it's, it's, it's Professional football is a very, you know, active, physical, of unforgiving yeah. sport. You know, uh, this stage of the season, and Danny will know much better than, than we do. You know, you know, everyone will be pretty, pretty much playing the knocks come the end of the season, won't they? There'll be very few players at the end of the season who've played any amount of games. That, won't be struggling with something.
2: I think it's not just the end of the season. I think also all through the season. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're playing with knocks all the time, strapped up ankles, injections. Injections. I played, you know, many, many times. It's just listen. I'm not. It's not bemoaning. It's not no. a problem. It's it's what we do mm. and what footballers do. Um, but it's just unfortunate. Everything at the end of the season went against us. Whether it be injuries, whether it be too many games, it it, it just accumulated into what happened. I'm-
3: I was going to say, on Saturday it was very, very hot, and you know, if you're struggling anyway to run yeah. around in that heat, I mean, I know it's the same for both teams, but if you're only half fit, just say, the, the, the temperatures were, you know, every time there was a breaking play, the, team, the players were running over to get a, get yeah, a bit drinks. of water, it was one of those games which probably made it even more tough on those that were struggling anyway. Yeah, it shouldn't be uh,
0: f- sort of frowned upon though, the season that Argyle have had, I mean, you know, had it been offered first, back in pre-season perhaps, and, you know, that Argyle were going to finish seventh, I think pretty much everyone would have taken it, wouldn't they?
3: There are so many teams that would like to have been in that position. I mean, yeah. Look at and Northampton have gone down after one season up there. Oxford has struggled in the second half of the campaign. There are so many teams that would like to finish them. I think. I, I think it's
2: been incredible. No, I, I yeah. really do. I, yeah. I think that um, the whole as a whole, there's been a lot of excitement, a lot of drama. Um, supporters have been, you know, on the edge of their seats for most of that time, whether it be good or bad. <laughs> um, but since December, it's been constant. Um, the excitement that we've had, especially at home, um, you know, successful, of course, of course a successful season. Um, everyone would have grabbed to be last couple of games of the season to have an opportunity to go into the playoffs. Would have, would have actually, you know, bitten your hand off for it. And I know that we're going to look at the opportunity that we did have and might be a bit of a disappointment. But I take that away, that part of it away, and it's been a really, really good season and, and well done to everybody.
3: So you take into account as well that Argo had one stage of seven different goalkeepers. They had more red cards than points. They were bottom of the table in December. Ryan Edwards was diagnosed with cancer. Sonny Bradley spent a week in hospital with mm. a kidney issue. There's just so much adversity. And that's what and we the, know, you know. by yes, the sounds it like well, there's more stuff yeah, going on as well that
0: Derek Adams hasn't divulged. But if the team so. can
3: do that with all that adversity, then you know, it's a huge testament to Derek Adams' yeah. staff. And, 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 and the one, one thing
2: I'll add to that is that those people that said at the start of the season or after we had that bad run that Derek Adams has lost the dressing room should look at themselves in, uh, with shame because I, I had my article where I said, you know, no, not a chance in hell that he's lost the dressing room. And it just goes to show you with all the problems that we've had, how much they wanted to do well yeah. during the season. And that's Derek Adams and the whole squad not just how much they wanted to do well, but how Derek Adams can get the best out of yeah, them as well. Absolutely. And, and I think that those people that were, for whatever reason, you know, that they all seem to know what they're talking about, that uh, Derek Adams has lost the dressing room, you know, very, looking very foolish now.
0: Yeah, is there a sense of disappointment? I mean, Jack, you're you're an Argyle fan. You're very passionate about your club. A couple of weeks ago, you were saying, "Oh, the league table looks so fantastic." Now, given the way it's ended, is there a little bit of disappointment there for you?
3: A very small amount. I've got to be honest. I was expecting <coughs> to be a bit more disappointed than I was actually at the end of the seat, at the end of the Gillingham game. The way it's panned out, I think just the fact they have got through it is is pretty remarkable. Um, and the, I I do strongly believe if they had made it, they would have struggled in the playoffs, and it would have just given people more false hope. I think it's been an incredible season. And I'm actually not that disappointed at all. I'm looking forward to a little break and I'm looking forward can't wait for next season. You know, it's another season in League One and if you, know, you never know what might happen. You trust Derek Adams. He's, he's done well in the last few summers. Um, so the disappointment maybe maybe a small bit because we were in a good position with a few games to go. But in the end, things worked against us and that quickly left and... All you can be with is proud of what the players achieved this season. No, Chris, you, you don't
1: know, have to re your holidays. No, I think you'd have been more disappointed if a full-strength team had been in a good position yeah. and, and had frittered yeah. it away. But, you know, let's be honest, it wasn't a full-strength team. It, you know, it felt as though it wasn't meant to be. And it's sometimes like that in football. And, you know, going back to what Danny said, you know, um, to go into the last game of the season, albeit a slim chance, but a chance of getting in the playoffs. You know, if we'd sat and done our pre-season special podcast, and and we'd said well you know Argyle will finish seventh and then we'll take it to the very last game and just miss out. We'd have all said yeah we'll take that mm. absolutely because you never quite know when you go when you get promoted what to expect when you're going up. And the point that Derek Adams made last week, he was quite keen to make it. I don't blame him for doing it. That of the four teams that came up from League Two last season, Argyle finished the best of them. Um, Portsmouth were very close again, and Jack and I were talking about mm. uh, Argyle and Portsmouth when we left uh, the pre station on Saturday and. That's three seasons in a row that Argyle and Portsmouth have literally been neck and neck yeah. all season and even at the end of the season. I mean, Portsmouth obviously won the title last season on goal difference. Argyle have just picked them in the final standings this season. And um, if you think about that, Portsmouth are a bigger club than Argyle. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think anyone can no, argue with that, definitely. particularly with their, their recent time in the Premier League. They've got a bigger support. And so, just that one in itself, that the fact that Argyle and Portsmouth are neck and neck for three season run-ins, uh, shows to me that Argyle are overachieving. You know, they are up with Portsmouth, or Portsmouth are maybe underachieving, but I think Argyle are overachieving, so... But we're all just... saying that we would take seven places at the start of the season, and that would have been mm-hmm. with a full-strength
3: team the whole way through. Mm-hmm. The fact they have done it, mm-hmm. with, with having to patch up a time and time again, mm-hmm. and bring lone players and free agents in at times, with Tumani Diograga... Dior, Dior, and, and players
1: such as that. The, the fact go- that they've go- done that with, with such a squad that's been hampered so much is incredible. Yeah, the goalie situation was ridiculous, wasn't yeah. it? You think, you know, literally every other game, every game there's a new goalkeeper turning up. You know, Will Mannion turned up from home for one game and, you know, um, there's been an awful lot of hurdles to overcome, so... Um, no, I think, it's, I think it's been a really successful season. It's a tough, league.
3: There's a lot of teams with mm. some decent backing, well, was, decent <laughs> money and finances. Yeah. I'll go to go, to, to go level with Charlton be battling Charlton for that playoff spot mm. in the last game, I mean, they should be worlds apart, really. Mm. I was going to
0: say, I mean, early in the season, Derek Adams did say he was surprised at how mm. good League One was. I haven't seen League mm. One this season. Are you guys surprised as well? Danny,
2: start with you. Well, I, I, is it a surprise? I, I'm not sure. There are, there are a lot of good teams that come down from the Championship into League One that shouldn't come down. And, and I think that, when am I surprised? Not, not really. We've, we've seen it. We've seen it all before. I think the leagues are getting a little bit harder and tougher. I think there's a lot of older pros getting in there and, and people that have uh, have been around a long time going into these lower leagues and, and making those teams better. Um, I, I just think that, you know, as we stand with, with the likes of Blackburn and Bradford and Charlton and Portsmouth, those sort of teams, um, that are in the league it's it's always going to be a tough league and next season of course London they're going to have a 33 million pound parachute yeah, absolutely that's incredible um, isn't it and and we we we're sort of like chris just said you know we are fighting above our weight um and there are a lot of clubs that do that and you know we are one of them um and you, you sometimes think that you know what what could we do with a little bit more funding not that money will <laughs> always makes the difference um but you look at Derek Adams and what he's done with the, not the restraints but the, the funding that he's had compared to some of the others and you, you've got to pat the man on the back and say you know there's a lot of household names in Plymouth that we've never heard of until he brought them to the club Yeah, you know and, and I think maybe you know like I, I've said before is maybe he's, he's earned the right and the opportunity to maybe have a little bit more money to bring in that little bit more quality and see what he can do with that
0: yeah. So looking back on the season then, obviously lots of highlights and low points as well.
1: Um, Chris, start with you. Low points? Low points? Well, I think you could probably pick any one of those <laughs> games. That eight, eight defeats out of nine at that stage of the, mm. the season. That was, I mean, it was just desperate and the the red cards piling up. Mm. Um, I, think, I seem to remember Bristol Road was away when Gary Miller got sent off and um, it just seemed like every other game there was a red card. They were losing games. They they didn't look like scoring. Um, they were conceding stupid goals. I think you had technical issues that day We as well. did have <laughs> technical <laughs> issues that day as well. <laughs> when do we not? That's the issue. We did have uh, technical problems is the uh, the official phrase, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, that wasn't a great day, I've got to be honest. Um, There's a fair few words you'd have said that before. But, it, can't be, yeah. it can't be broadcast. The, 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 the was, it, it, was, it was looking bleak, wasn't it? Yeah. It really was. I mean, that start to the season was was really poor. Portsmouth away, when they lost 1-0 at Portsmouth at the end of November. Um, that rivalry that has developed between Argyle and Portsmouth, it wasn't particularly great for anybody, I don't think, sort of losing to Portsmouth and being bottom of the table and having the, uh, the frightening singing, you're getting relegated and you're, you know, to Derek Adams, you're getting sacked in the morning and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I suppose that probably was the low, low point. Remy Matthews was injured in that game, you just finally thought, we've got a goalkeeper settled, mm-hmm. and then he got mm-hmm. injured and was out for a month. But that was the low point, and then they rose up through. Highlights, I mean, I, all sorts of highlights, really. I mean, the home form's been fantastic in the second half of the season. I mean, they literally won every game at home park. Mm-hmm. From, um, probably just that evolution baseball. of the football as well, the mm-hmm. way that
0: they've, you know, because they were really struggling earlier on in the
1: season to score goals, but yeah. come sort of Christmas time onwards, they were. They've played some good, if, yeah. I think they've actually played some good, they haven't just ground out mm-hmm. wins at home park. They've, there's been some exciting games. I've loved seeing Carey and the Mirrors adopted into the same team and give Argyle that freedom and, and fluency and attack that we probably haven't seen for a long time, uh, probably since the days of, you know, the Bazakis and, and people like that, you know, where mm-hmm. they've, they've played with freedom and expressed themselves. You know, players have have clearly got better during the course of the season. Working with Derek Adams, you know, Ryan Taylor, what a fantastic season he had despite all the injury problems he's had. Um, the gates average gate over ten thousand this season, the best uh, average gates they've had since oh eight oh nine, I think it was. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of highlights. I mean, Jack, as a fan, what was the best one? Well, the best one, I think the the fact
3: that Argyle have been playing such good football. You know what you. As a fan, what you want is when you're paying your money, you want to be entertained. And that, that's not a guarantee in football. You know, you, you can't guarantee that. But our played played with such freedom this season that, you know, it's been fun to watch. Last season, they had to they had to grind results out and they had to be quite pragmatic in their approach. But this season, the fact that they've, they've won a few games by three or four goals, that's exciting. And the fact that all the way through the second half of the season, we were getting closer and closer and closer to those playoffs. And, you know, as a fan, that's what you want. You, you want to dream, you want to hope. And it was becoming a reality. And the fact that we have got to the final stage is still having that hope that's why the numbers have been there but obviously one of the sad points is Ryan Edwards cancer diagnosis but the way the club came together again I thought that was fantastic that was a highlight for me the way the players came together and those sort of stories give football a good name I think sometimes in the national media football fans don't always get the best of press but the fact he's now been getting the all clear and the, where the club came together, that was a real highlight for me that made me feel proud to be an Argyle fan. So yeah, that was
0: Danny not so much a highlight or a low light for you, but what about a key moment in the season where you felt things? Old and at home. Mm. Old and at home.
2: Old and at home. Yeah. Um, I sat there, and I thought, you know, we were looking at um, people that were going to come and go from the club, who we wanted to keep, who we didn't want to keep, and I remember sitting there thinking, I wonder what the team's going to be today, and then suddenly, lo and behold. Uh, Ruben Ramirez was given his opportunity come when goes on loan to Oldham comes back and the way we played that day and it was just a completely different attitude to the players it was the the support uh, just there was just something happened on in that game that proved to the players the players realized that they can mm. they can compete and they're a good side um, and for me the way we played the way the the front four played and um, Ruben Amiri's complimented Carey and it just said to me that was the kickstart to what happened afterwards. And I think that um, that was the moment for me that it all changed. I, I, I just looked at that game and thought from where we were, from that moment onwards, I think we kicked on and you know we went full steam ahead. I think that just the... just throwing one out
0: there to to you guys, obviously you've watched our a lot more than I have, but what about the Northampton game on the Tuesday night? Derek Adams was under a lot of pressure at the time, and he felt that he really needed a win, because it was around that time when the, some of the fans had really started to turn against him. It, it was a good
3: win, it was an important win, but Northampton were very poor that, 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 that day, so for me I didn't leave that game thinking i this is it we, we, we can really do this I didn't leave the game feeling much different really I think Northampton were just particularly poor but it it did, right.
1: it was a very important win It did come after the 4-0 defeat by Oxford on the Saturday now, Ryan yeah. Edwards was sent off very early in that game and it was a poor poor decision and a poor red yes. card early on yeah. in the game but they'd lost that game you know any time you lose 4-0 at home on a Saturday and then you've got a Tuesday night game coming up mm. that's quite important isn't it because yeah. you need to bounce back very quickly from that Jack's right Northampton were ridiculously poor the you know, Northampton are a funny team. They're the worst team I've seen at home park this season and one of yeah. the best teams I've seen away and yet they've ended up getting relegated but that's we could probably do a podcast on, on Northampton <laughs> yeah. because that doesn't make any sense. But I, no, I, I agree that was an important game. They didn't have to play particularly well to, to win that game and I totally agree with Danny about the Oldham game. They'd, they got a last minute winner against Gillingham at the start of October to Miani Diagaraga right at the end. They went up to Rotherham and almost won the game up there and conceded an equaliser very, very late in the game. Now if they had then gone into the Oldham game and it had gone badly wrong there, that little bit, those green shoots that were coming through could have been killed off if they lost to Oldham. So to to get Lanieres in the team, complement him with uh, Carey, get an emphatic win two days before Christmas, they went to Milton Keynes on Boxing Day. 1-0 1-0 win there and all of a sudden the wheels were in motion so um, I, I would agree I think Oldham was when you look back at the season where did it really it was getting caring and switching the formation to the 4-3-3 and all of a sudden the, the and the fit Taylor as well of course and the fit Taylor you, men- you mentioned
3: Northampton we picked up three games I think it was Northampton mm-hmm. Gillingham and Wimbledon at home yeah. got won all three of those which again I think was some of the foundations yeah. because there was, if I got lost there the table could have very different couldn't
1: they? I think that was our, our First of all, colleague Mr. Baron Dan Cross crossed. picked those yeah. three games, yeah, out, yeah, didn't he? and I remember him saying in the podcast, "These are three games that they've got to win." And they did, and they won all. and and yeah. that was what they did well. Actually, when they when they started moving away from the table, from beating bottom, the teams they, around them, they were beating the teams yeah. around them. They were not slipping up; they weren't dropping any points to those teams around them. And so, not only were they picking yeah. up three points, but they were stopping the other teams. And that's how they made Quite pretty much. quick. Ra- I mean, one minute they were you know bottom four, and the next minute they were like top ten. You yeah. thought, "How's this yeah. happened?"
2: Well, the transformation, you've got to remember, when we were struggling, we went back to safety mode. And that we were people were complaining about being defensive and we won 1-0. We had a draw, we had another win 1-0. We had a little... A- and, and I remember saying at the time, when you're losing games, the first thing you've got to do is be difficult to beat. And we did that. And then after those, I think, six games where we, we did really well, battled our way to some, some points, I said, now we've got to be looking for more expressive, going the other way. But we had to do that first, that hard work had to be done first, and he'd he done it really, really well. And that's when the olden came come about, and the rest of thing. The
3: there, it? it almost feels like it's been two seasons if, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree Chris looking back mm-hmm. on all the travel the Bristol City game in the cup feels like two seasons ago it doesn't feel like it was the same season as the one that had Argyle finishing seventh in the league yeah,
1: team. I, I spoke to James Brett last week and I'm going to be writing a few articles during the course of this week uh, from that interview and he made that, that very point that Argyle managed to combine a relegation battle and a promotion push in the same season mm. And, and, and that's true. I mean, yeah. they were battling them against relegation for half the season and then it just flipped almost like within yeah. a matter of weeks and then they ended up having a promotion push and that doesn't happen very often, does it? No, that's right. Um, we've spoken a lot about the uh,
0: the key players from Argyle this season so I'll move, to, move on to the uh, release list. Obviously, that's going to be announced in the coming days. Who do you guys think is, uh, are going to be staying in leaving Argyle
1: this well, summer? You, you want to you try and keep your key players, so that's your, your Sonny Bradleys, Ryan Taylors, Oscar Frelkel, people like that. I would think you know, Argyle would be very keen to keep all of them. Um, certainly Sonny Bradley and Ryan Taylor have both said in interviews you know, that they would be interested in staying um, and keen to stay. Um, hopefully that will, that will get worked out. Of course, in football, anything can happen, they might get a better offer. Uh, all three of those players that I particularly just mentioned there are, are from the north. And, and there's always going to be an issue at some stage in players' careers that they might want to return to home, be close to family and friends. But they, they've all always struck me as, you know, enjoying living down here. Sonny Grabby did a, a great interview where he, he he said he loved living in Plymouth and recommended it to people. So I think, you know, just off the top of my head, those three players, you know, a very good right back, a very good centre back, you know, um, you know, you, you want to keep them in the keep them in the in the mix. So and, and Taylor being a you know the the focal point up up front. Um, so there will be departures, I'm sure. Derek Adams said something um, recently that he, in hindsight he he felt that he might have released maybe one or two many last summer. So it'd be interesting to see how many do do leave. Yeah. Um, I think some of the players at were signed with Arbel were trying to get up from League Two. Um, uh, may well leave, you know, they've been good servants to Argyle and um, you know, Jan Songo has been a great servant to Argyle. Whether his time is up at Argyle, um, uh, you know, remains to be seen, but uh, they they may go in a different direction. People like him and, and Gary Miller and what have you may be maybe leaving, but um I suppose you say that whoever leaves have been part of a very successful Argyle squad over the last season or two and um, you know, if they do go, they'll they'll go with everyone's wishes for what's been a you know fantastic couple of two or three seasons. I'm sure many of them wouldn't have thought they would have been pushing for a place in the championship. You know mm. when they first signed for Argo, so they have been an important
3: part. But I think Derek Adams will look to get rid of a fair few players that have been on the fringes. I mean, look at Jake Jervis; he wasn't in the team for a bit, and he he wanted the you know, two parted. So I think the likes of Songo Miller Church. Mm. I don't think you've seen many of them. I think you saw that
1: Garrick Regwild, for example, was was under contract for next season, but that doesn't you know necessarily yeah. mean that. Uh, you know he'll necessarily be here next season so yeah, you'd expect a fair few changes I just wonder just re- reading into his, his Derek Adams comments whether he might just think well, I don't want to make too many changes he's quite happy to make changes but maybe not wholesale. Yeah, we game. spoke about that, this didn't we all, when I think the meal or after the
3: game on, mm. I think Joel Grant might have possibly had himself a, a stay possibly I mean he fought three goals in the last four games of the season Now I don't think he'll be a starter next season but Depending on what, again, depending on what wages are, we don't know what their wages are yeah. and how the budget needs to be spent, but he might be a useful player to have on the bench.
0: Is that difficult, though, Danny, offering a player a contract that saying, look, you're probably not going to be in my first eleven, but I want you to be part of the squad? Or as a player, do you go in there wanting to be a first-team player?
2: Yeah, I think every player wants to be a first-team player. I don't think at this, this level of football that a player um, is going to be happy to know that he's going to sign a new contract and not be a starter. You know, um, And I think that's the difficult... Shuffling around that Derek Adams has got to do because you've got to have players that are not in the first team on a regular basis that are good enough to come into the first team and do well, but they're difficult to keep because they want first team football. So it's it's a a really difficult balancing act that he has to do. Obviously, as as the boys have said, uh, the key players we know who they are and you'll want to keep them, but you do have to refresh. And you do have to make sure that there's hungry people coming back mm. into the squad from elsewhere that are going to make that difference that we need. Um, and, and this is where the difficult job lies. It's not so much... We, we know that Kerry's a good player and we know that Sonny Bradley's a good player. But bringing players into the club, you've got to make sure that they are better than what you've got. And you've got to make sure that they know exactly what it entails to be involved with Plymouth Goal. And as a manager, that's a difficult job. But he's proven since he's been here... That he's got a good eye for a player because there hasn't been many players that he's brought in that have failed him. You know, there's always going to be one or two, but that's like any 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 club. But generally, I think he, he's done very well with his uh, decision making on players. Um, it's just making sure that you keep who you want or you you know as best you can, and then bringing in players that are better than what you've got.
3: it Must be tough for players as well. You look at Alex Fletcher; probably knows he's not going to get much football next season, and whether he, if he's weighing up whether to leave or not, you've got you've got do I leave and turn down a guaranteed year's wage mm-hmm. and hope that something comes up which for Tyler Harvey didn't really happen and for River Allen didn't really happen that must be a hard decision for them to make as well whether they accept the fact they're not going to be part of the team for some of the youngsters or whether they're going to risk turning down the contract and go and try and find a place where they are going to be first in football I
2: think with that it really depends on the player and the manager because as a player I know how I feel about myself and about the people that I'm playing with how good I am compared to what we've got, and whether I feel, hang on a minute, if I stay here long enough, I can compete and I can be there. And it's up to the manager to make him feel like he's going to get an opportunity. So it's a very difficult one mm-hmm. um, to make. But as a youngster, I, don't, I wouldn't want to be sitting around if I know I'm going to be second and third choice, if I feel that I've got the ability to push on um, and the manager maybe doesn't trust me enough. Um, so that's a conversation between him and the manager to start with And then looking at the squad that he's got And the ability that he feels he's got And whether he thinks, no, I'm good enough to move on And I need to play
0: I think with someone like Fletcher as well It's, it's part of a development programme you know? Is there perhaps a contract, a long-term contract for him at Argyle But Derek Adams maybe says to him We need to get you out on loan to get you some first-team experience And, and look at maybe getting him some first-team football elsewhere next season
2: well, The thing is, is, where is he going to go? I mean, he's well, that's going to a... go into a League 1 club So he's yeah. going to have to go League 2 or non-league now, it do you want to go back down to, to teams that are struggling, that might not be playing well? You know, it, it's a difficult one. You know, for me, if you're a youngster and you should be, if you're good and, and you feel like you want to comp- be competing for a first team place, you should be on the bench or in the first team. If you're not going to be that there or thereabouts, there's no point in going out online. You might as well leave. You might as well leave and, and try and get first team experience somewhere where you play regularly week in, week out. I just think that going on, like keeping somebody and then taking sending them out on loan at this level, is is very difficult because where are you going to go? Mm. I, I, you know, do you go down to struggling clubs? Do you go down to non where the ability of the players are not as good? How are you going to progress yourself? Are you going to improve as a player? You know, if you're going to go further up, <laughs> you know that's a yeah. different catch the fish. But you know, I just I just think you've got to think very very carefully about
0: it. His next move. With the, with the more experienced players, I mean that, that that's an interesting one as well because now they're going to be going to the board of, as League One players. You know, this time last year they'd just been promoted from mm. League Two, but unproven at that level. Mm. Now they're going there saying, "Well, I want more money because mm. I've proven myself at this level." Well Sandy
1: Bradley's a good good case. Yeah. You know, he, he he left Crawley Town, so he you know wasn't <coughs> in, in a great position. He signed um the the start of the second week of pre season training, so we don't know the figures, but you would suspect that he he wouldn't have been on a, a great contract at that stage. You know. Um, but he's proved over two seasons his worth to to the club, you know, you, you've got to reward him for that. You, you can't say we'd like to keep you and then but we'll give you an extra five pound a week, and I don't literally mean five pound a week, but you know, you know what I'm yeah. saying, you know, he, he has proven mm. over two years, uh, and I'm just using his and his example, that he has to be rewarded. And um, so, you know, people say, oh, well, I've got to spend more money and this, that, and the other, but you've got to reward the people that you've already got that have done well, before you even yeah, start thinking about bringing in people from yeah. out, outside. So they've got to look after those and um, you know, that they, they deserve to be rewarded for what they've done. I think that the, the, the good situation that Argyle are in is that they will not compete with some clubs in their own division financially. That's just the way of the world and people can point fingers and, and moan all the like, but that is the reality of the situation as we stand at the moment. So where are Argyle gonna have advantages? They've got a very good manager. They've got a manager who's got a track record of bringing players in and improving them. Um, They've got a, a decent ground that's going to get better in the next year or two hopefully with a the grandstand. They've got an a cra- average crowd of 10,000. So there's not that many clubs in League One that, that can say that. got a superb away support that no matter where you go in the country, whether it's a Saturday or a Tuesday, Northwest, Northeast, North East, Kent, wherever it is, you'll always get great support. So there's a lot of good things going for Argyle. Financially they are going to lose out players. They have done in the past, they always will do. They will do this summer, I'm sure. But there's a lot of positives um, about tr- getting players to sign for our this season. So Derek Adams needs to make the most of all those advantages and assets, and try and use that to his advantage. So we'll see how he gets on. I, I think there'll be a fair, a fair few departures, and there'll obviously then be a fair few new coming. So also, he'll have learned a lot from the season. You know, mm-hmm. he admitted
3: that he didn't expect this league to be as good as it was, and he probably mm-hmm. didn't sign mm-hmm. the players that he was hoping for. You know, and he, I'm sure he's learned a lot. On, he he doesn't seem like a manager who'll ever stop trying to learn and get better.
0: But
1: compared to twelve months ago, you know Argyle now can say, "Well, look, we we have proved we can compete and be successful in League One." So, so players that might have undermined last summer, Danny, you know, might look at Argyle in a different way. I think you're dead right about. I think we've mentioned this before about when you've got players
2: at the club that have done really well for you, they're the first people you've got to look after because you know them. You Mm. know them. You know they can perform. Bringing somebody from outside on big wages Mm. that have got a good pedigree, you don't know what they're going to do. So they're a little bit Mm. more of a risk than the players that you've Mm. got at the club. So first and foremost, get the players that week in, week out have done well for you. Put them on contracts that they deserve. Then that's your starting platform. Mm. Then you go and say, right, I've got that. Now, where do I need to fill the gaps? That's what you've got to do. What you can't do is go, well, we're going to give you the same wages last year, but we're going to give people that we don't know
0: Mm. more money money than
2: you. You can't can't do that. You've got to make sure you look after the people that have done well for you. Um, And then you've got to fill up, like I said, fill up the gaps and make sure that you bring in quality as best you can. Um, to add those positions that uh, are being left behind by the people that are not staying and the chance window closes a lot earlier this year it does
0: yeah that's going to make it interesting so talking of these gaps then what areas of the squad do you think need strengthening or more importantly the first 11 first of all goalkeeper yeah obviously goalkeeper
1: so that's uh, that's uh, an obvious one do you think there's a chance Remy Matthews could come back on loan or is that a loans I wonder about a loan because you know he's just um, got a, a new baby yeah. daughter you know a, a long term loan you know I don't know I'm sure I'd be very surprised if Derek Adams didn't inquire and see if there was any possibility of it happening um, whether, Remy Matthews when we spoke to him about it said that he would like to go back to Norwich and try and challenge for the first team place next season so uh, you know that's perfectly understandable he's had an excellent season at Argyle that's exactly what he should be doing yeah. and Norwich clearly thinks something of him because they did sort of put him on an extended contract before he came to Argyle that takes him through to the end of next season so um, I, I think I, say, I think the problem that Argyle will have with Remy Matthews is
3: if Norwich do let him go, it won't be till very near the end of the deadline. Yes. Can I go through the whole of pre-season yeah. with no first-choice yeah. keeper? I don't think they can.
1: No, if Norwich are saying that we're going to leave it to the week before the start of the season before we decide our first-choice keeper, well, Argo can't go through the whole pre-season without a first-choice keeper. No. So, I'm leaning towards, um, unless there's an opportunity to make a permanent signing, in I, I can't see him coming back for, a, for another loan, particularly because of his... His family situation, but you know, the, you know there will be plenty of goalkeepers out there there's, there's no doubt about that and you know and the strike the striking situation is obviously needs to be seriously looked at this season because that's one of the things that has cost our goal in the closing weeks of the season Ryan Taylor has had injuries in the past and He's had the, start of the He's season. had injuries this season um, they brought Simon Church in as a gamble as a you know as a, a throw of the dice but it didn't work. You know, I think you know we can we we would all expect sat here right now that Argo will play a pretty similar style next season to the way they have done. So if you resign Ryan Taylor, then you need another Ryan Taylor, another Ryan player. Taylor type player. That's what you've got to try yeah. and do so that you've got that competition. So like for like two, because that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna need. So goalkeeper and a, and a two strikers. Hopefully one of them Ryan Taylor, um, Ryan Taylor and, and one other and a goalkeeper. The rest then you can. Resign, as Danny rightly said, resign the your ones that you want to keep and deserve to be rewarded, and then fill the gaps from there. I think mm. I think that we need another left-sided player, defensively. I think to add to what
2: we've got and the ones that can keep. I do think that we need to do that. I think you know, obviously, if if there's one or two players that might leave, people like Gary Miller, then you need an alternative to Oscar. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I would regard Oscar as a first team, uh, first. Choice and bringing somebody that might be able to play in that position as well. Okay. I think that, that that would be good. And like you know, the boys have already just said about Ryan Taylor, you know, we haven't, we never had, and we haven't got a Ryan, another Ryan and Taylor. And if we there's not many of them around, to no, play, which, day, no. which is what no. we've said before. Yeah, you know, to get those players is Great. going to be very difficult, and uh, that's why when you play a system that suits you, that, that position is pivotable. And there's a lot of Premier League clubs that play a certain way that have, have spent millions. And they haven't found that right player. So it's going to be even tougher yes. for them. Um, so
3: one of the advantages of not being in the playoffs is the fact that Dead Hands has, what, a month longer to learn this season is sorted. You know, yeah. If Argod had, had the two <clears throat> semi final games and then lost, or got to the final somehow and then lost, there would be three, four weeks back. So at least they can fully focus now on mm. getting ready to The one for the thing summer, I would add it? to
2: the goalkeeping situation is I totally agree we need to sort that out quickly if we can. But the one fallback you've got is that you've got a very, very good youngster that is there. In case we don't make a decision or can't get somebody quickly enough, Um, because I do, I do think that at some time, if you want him to progress, you're going to have to throw him in a deep end and play him. Um, I'm not saying that he would be a first team right now. Remy Matthews, he's got a lot of experience, and if a player like or a goalkeeper like him, but you know, and we will need to do it quickly. But if we can't, then at least you've got somebody there that could play until such time as we get somebody and mm. you never know what could happen but see the Cooper one's an interesting one for me because I think our
0: will will bring a first choice goalkeeper mm. in but it's whether he's number 2 and whether they give Leveran another contract
3: and have three goalkeepers Declan said "Say that he'll be number 3 next it, season he said, said that Cooper
1: yeah. will be number 3 um, you, you would think that Carl Leveran would, would have a, ch- a good chance of being a number 2 and then you're looking for a number 1 mm. to replace Remy Matthews stroke Luke, 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 Luke Mcgormick so that's the way I would see it mm. panning out um, but, you know, you're right, Michael people will get the chance in pre-season to try and impress, you know. I
2: think we'll everyone be, yeah. will get a chance. And I think, you know, he's, he's, again, we, we, we always try to, you know, look everywhere, but on your own doorstep sometimes. And sometimes you've got to go, well, hang on, we've got somebody right on our doorstep that may um, be good enough. Um, you know, and I just sometimes think that, um, do we, not us as a club, but a lot of teams, you know, they sometimes have somebody right there and, and you know, forget about them and tend to be sort of shifting about everywhere else other than what they've got
1: already. So would you have Cooper as number I, two next year? I,
2: I, would, I would not hesitate having him as number two next year. Probably, my, That's my opinion.
1: The problem I mean, with yeah. Mike Cooper being a number two next season, if he sits on the bench every Saturday... Doesn't He's get the experience, playing. yeah. That would that, that be the, the again. That could be part
0: of his development plan: is to play mm-hmm. South Western mm-hmm. league football. And then if it does come well, to a situation where I the mean, first choice is injured, maybe he'd prefer Cooper. This is where in.
1: they're they're trying with this reserve team squad yeah. that we haven't touched on. But I think it's quite an interesting development where they're going to have ten players, and they are going to be a reserve team squad, and, and they're going to have games in the central league. They're playing against the best teams in the West Peninsula League. They're going to try and enter the Premier League Under Twenty Three Cup. So they they'll, they'll they they will have a. A regular number of programs. I mean, uh, Michael Cooper is a very good goalkeeper in the making. Um, I just think if he's number two, traveling all around the country to forty-six League One games and maybe not playing in many, um, is is an ideal. But you know, I, I if if he was playing for goal right now, I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I think he's he's more than capable. But I think get that first choice keeper lined up. I think that's quite an important priority. You know. Um, it's clear, you know. Derek Adams um is is emerged. That Derek Adams told Luke McCormick in January that December January that he wasn't going to be offering a new contract. So you would think, wouldn't you, that Argyle have had a good few months to be looking mm. around at all possible options for goalkeepers, um. I'm sure they'll try and get Remy Matthews back. Why wouldn't you? They must have spoken to him and, and must have had conversations. You know, no. So they must roughly know what's going on. Yeah, you know, you know Remy yeah. Matthews should be trying to get in Norwich's first team next season. That's and what he should right. be doing. Quite right. Quite, quite right. What he quite should right. do. But then, Argyle, can Argyle wait to find out that answer? Or do they just go, look, he, he did really well for us, thanks very much, Remy, but we need a, when we start pre-season training the at the, uh, the start end of June, start of July, we need a first-choice goalkeeper in there that people know this is our goalkeeper and this is the way we're going. Because a new goalkeeper, I mean, Danny was a defender, you know, the relationship between defenders massive. and goalkeepers is massive, isn't it, Danny? You, you, to bring in a goalkeeper two days before the start of the season on loan, he's not really going to cut it.
2: When we we train, we we train separately a lot of the time. But believe me, the back four have got to have every faith in the goalkeeper and vice versa. And we need to know exactly what he can and can't do or or what his strengths are and what our weaknesses are and strengths are as well in front of him. And I think that that relationship is really important. And I think, yes, we do need to to, to know what's going on. Um, And again, I wouldn't bat an eyelid if Coops was playing in the first team. I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know how good he can be or how good he was going to be, but would I give him the opportunity? If we had, you know, no fear, I'd give him the opportunity. I'm not saying that he's my first choice right now. If we didn't have a first choice, I would still have enough faith in him not to worry about him going into the first team. That's what I'm saying. Um, And because I've played many, many years and I've had lots of young goalkeepers behind me, not just one or two, I've had lots, people that have come in and done really, really well. So Brian Horne being at Millwall, one of them, he was 18 when he when he was a regular, and he, he was a superb goalkeeper. Yeah. I'm not saying that's going to happen all the time, and I know how difficult it can be, and I know how um, nervous people get, you know, whether it be Chris or anybody else. Um, but I know what it's like to feel that I'm good enough. Please let me, please give, let me show you that I'm good enough. Um, so and,
0: and he's going to make mistakes,
2: isn't he? Absolutely, no, all 18-year-olds do. Absolutely, and and I'm not worried about that. So. Yeah. Um, for me, if you feel he's good enough, uh, I would, listen, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be w- overly worried if he was my first-choice goalkeeper, put it that way. No.
0: <laughs> right then, guys, moving on. One final thing we're going to do to bring the, uh, this week's podcast to a close is a little fun quiz for <laughs> you. Good I know you're all experts. I'm an expert, but <laughs> wow. so <laughs> I've got no chance against <laughs> journalists here. <laughs> so I've got five questions here for each of you. Oh, God.
3: This one is why you it's not really stupid. Well, that's the idea. <laughs> you, <Jack. laughs> I'm just going to put on record now. I have a notoriously bad memory. I'm, I'm so, it seems to be is a Bad
0: memory. Danny's saying he's the next football I, I wouldn't put my money it's on Chris been long, It's been a long season. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, let's see how we do. Danny, starting oh, with you. thanks. Who scored our goal's first goal of the season?
2: Oh, God, great. No idea. First goal. Who did we play, first of all? we can help you with that. Our first game. i give you a clue. Peterborough away away uh, I'm going to say Kieran. <laughs> it would have been a good for check. a bonus point Greg Wild Greg Wild indeed oh, yeah. see Jack, I told
0: you off, off, <laughs> off well, style, well it. It? Yeah. Jack uh, name the four Argyle players sent off in successive matches earlier in the season successive matches in order please oh. in order
3: <laughs> no when no, no. Graham Carey. No. not in order not in order I'm not going to okay. go to in order Graham Kerry uh, Sarsovich Edwards.
1: Miller. Miller.
0: Three out of four. Oh, I was thought Sasevic was first, wasn't he? Sasevic was yeah. first. Yeah, Kerry was Sonny, second. Sonny Bradley
1: in there? yeah Sonny, Sonny Bradley, Bradley was fourth, was he
0: wasn't he? One. Yeah. Because uh, Edwards was third. And Edwards was third. Yeah, so i got. Yeah, can I get an <laughs>
2: extra point
1: for that? <laughs> You're
3: giving everyone the wrong question. <laughs> yeah,
0: Chris, your first question. Okay, Name on. the seven different goalkeepers I've used this season. Right. Oh, come oh, on! I do that one. Yeah. Unbelievable! <laughs> <laughs>
1: McCormick, Toloik, Leatherin, uh, Mannion, Matthews. How uh, many is that, Stu? Five. Uh, that's Five. Two. Five. Crikey. Did we really have seven? I need the other two. Oh, no, um, hang on. <laughs> Can I help <laughs> you with one? McCormick, Taloye, Leatherin, Cooper, uh, Mannion, Matthews, and one other, Kelly Roos, of that oh,
0: Kellerous. Kellerous, indeed. Well
1: done. Well done.
0: Danny, back to you. Argyle oh. went 14 matches without a win from August until October, but who ended that run with the only goal in a 1-0 win at Wimbledon? Who scored the goal? Oh, you keep doing it to me. <laughs> Chris, you know this one, because you were there. <coughs> <Job> on. <laughs> Joggeron. <laughs> oh, how did you get that one? <laughs> I just had a bit of a the cloth there. <laughs> Jack, your question. Who scored Argyle's goals in the 2 all draw with Exeter in the Checker Trade Trophy?
3: Oh no I was about to say Fletcher But that was Chelsea Kerry
2: Nope I almost scored that I've got
3: got, got no idea When I was at that game That was shocking Who scored The checker tree doesn't count Does it I thought this was The first team competition (laughs) 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 Who scored the goals Did Nathan Blissett get one of them
0: Nathan Blissett did get one of them He got the second one And the first one Jake Jervis Nope It was from Well A set piece goal Bradley. Bradley Or Edwards No Edwards. Edwards Chris your second one Alex Fletcher made three League One starts For Argyle this mm-hmm. season But who were they against
1: Fleetwood Gillingham You've Got one a out two. of two So far One out of two Yeah Oh no he came on as a sub Against Fleetwood didn't he That was when he scored
0: Yeah Gillingham <laughs> Gillingham's one <laughs> Yeah The other two No idea Anybody, Anyone else Fletcher Oh In League One
1: Yeah league starts oh. Mm. would have uh, been early in the season, wouldn't it? I would have thought. Yeah. Well, I would, well, yeah, yeah no, no idea.
0: Doncaster and Shrewsbury.
3: Okay.
0: Danny, who made the most appearances for our goal this season?
2: Oh. Who made most appearances for our goal this season?
0: They've stopped giving him clues now. Look. I, I think, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going
2: to go. I'm going to go with. Oh. I'm just just looking. Fox. No, or no. Kerry Sawyer. Sawyer is the correct uh, answer.
1: Yes, yeah. sorry, Gary. Forty-six. starts <laughs> the only ever. Yeah. Sorry, Gary, you're right. Why am I looking at that? You're Jack,
0: right. name the only two players to score more than one goal in cup competitions for Argyle this season. Alex Fletcher. Yeah. One. Mm-hmm. I can't
3: remember. If you ask me who we played in the FA Cup, I can't even remember. Well, we did, definitely just scored goals in the League Cup. I remember that. <laughs> uh, who did we play in the FA Cup?
0: Carey, Sorry, I was going to say, you've got pictures of him on your wall. From... <laughs> is it Kerry? It is Kerry.
3: Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. Well, I don't remember the cup games, to be fair. Grimsby. Grimsby
0: People group are listening
2: to this thing, you know, you do right know nothing, <laughs> you lot. Yeah. Hey, they're going to be listening to this and going, what the hell do you lot know? I go from game yeah. from game, <laughs> mate, just to remind the, the viewers out there. Yeah? Or the viewers, the listeners. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: <yeah. laughs> Chris, Robert to Luke Yeah. Toloke, yeah. yeah. Where he's called. Yeah. Only made two appearances <laughs> for Argyle, both in cup competitions, but against who? Bristol City in the Carabao Cup and Chelsea in the
1: Czechoslovakian Track. Correct. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Quickly move on then. Zach Beiner and Moses McCarthy each scored one goal for goal, but their goals
2: came against who? Oh, Dally? come on. Oh, have no, have I've you got, got one right yet? Oh, oh, yeah, I've got one right. I've got somebody else's impression. Like you know, I'd be, I'd be sort of just guessing that if I told you who they scored. Both away from home. Yeah. I remember. I, I, listen, I can visualise it because I saw back when Viner, Viner scored the goal. Um, and Jack,
1: you know the answers. No, no I don't. don't. Know. No, I think. Viner was at Shrewsbury. Viner was at Shrewsbury. When no, Argyle had a good win against yeah, Shrewsbury, and Moses, Moses McCarthy scored at Fleetwood. Correct. I think ben, Correct. John Sheridan's Fleetwood. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. First league start. Great.
0: That's right. Jack Nathan Blissett, solitary league oh, wait, goal. We got out of time here, by the way. this Season <laughs> came against who? Sorry, sorry Nathan, Nathan Blissett, solitary Chris league winners. goal. Bristol is correct
1: Still done
3: Jeff. Two in a row Danny
0: Two well, in a Chris, row I don't Argyle <laughs> hadn't scored More than two goals In a game Until they played Oldham at Home Park On December the 23rd And won 4-1 mm-hmm. Who were the goal scorers?
1: Oh see. No I'm, I'm going to Throw I think it was Four different goal scorers Wasn't it so, It was four different goal um, So you've got to be Carey Taylor No I'm, Ruben Lemaire scored No no. didn't he? Was nope. Bradley? It
2: Bradley. Nope. Fox? You've got one so
0: far which was Carey. Mm. Fox scored the one from
2: the edge of the box didn't he? Nope. It wasn't Fox, that was the other four. That was game. Wimbledon.
0: Howdy <laughs> him. Go on then. No. Dia Garaga, Carey, yeah. two in the first six minutes, those two. Yeah. Edwards and yeah. Jervis. Jervis. Okay, yeah.
1: So, Seems final like questions. Yeah, final. absolutely. Yep.
0: Final questions for you all then. Who ended, Danny, this is you first. Okay. Who ended our goals' eight match unbeaten run through February and March, and what was the score? Who ended. Um, Wigan 1 Nope, it was after that, that was the run. It was after yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Can I chip in for a bonus yeah, point, Stu? Go on then, Chris. Charting away.
0: Charting away. Yeah. Oh, 2 0. 2 0, yeah. indeed. Mm. Yes. Jack your final question Graham Carey missed three penalties this season don't ask me who they're against
3: <laughs> <laughs> who are they against <laughs> <sighs> what was the one where he was on for a hat-trick who was that against that must have been because Lemire's missed one and then carried got on later in that game was it Mr yeah. Rovers
0: nope uh, Southend Southend's one
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I no idea no no ideas
0: Danny no I know Chris knows these we've yeah we can talk about this did we yeah. yeah but that's the difference you see you oh, are, you're a being, you
2: on a computer all the time looking at all these stats when I'm yeah. on the sun shining down home. <laughs> <laughs> go on then
0: Chris put them out of the misery uh, yeah, uh, the two.
1: Shrewsbury away you had one saved and yep. Barry at home he had one saved and then scored from the follow up if you were Correct. oh yeah, yeah. that's
0: right. And Southend as well, of course. Yes. Final question then, Chris. Mm. Jacob Sokolik's final appearance in an Argyle shirt mm. came against who?
1: Was it extra in the Checker Trade trophy? It was indeed yeah, extra in yeah, the yeah, yeah. Trade trophy. It was one of the worst performance I think I've ever seen. Even. From, 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 yeah, from, yeah. Right. Mm. Mm. didn't play well that night. No. No. Out of position, right back. To the, the listeners back. know yeah. that you lot
2: just sit on your computers all day looking at all these sort of things. This is what we do. We throw each other questions, yeah. Yeah. and then, then you, yeah. Yeah. you decide. It's you're going to throw me in a mix. Yeah. Exactly. To be fair, I don't yeah. think okay. there's a concept. Too much glory in that. Thanks <laughs> very much for that.
0: Well, that brings this week's episode to a close. Danny, thanks ever so much for coming in and taking time out from this lovely sunny day to join us. Chris, Jack, I know you've had a busy weekend, so uh, oh. thanks for coming in as can, well. Can we go home now? We'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks you out there for listening. Uh, we'll continue with our podcast throughout the summer, so uh, we'll be back again with more of the same next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at heraldpafc.com or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.